You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there. This is a chance of lifetime. When you can understand the person, you can then work towards a common goal. We are all on the same team. Now you roll and do it to the best of your ability. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. Your defense has got to be better. Leave no doubt tonight. Great moments are born from great opportunity. My name is Paul Barnett, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us lead our teams better. Our great coach on this episode is the legendary American football coach, Bill Snyder. Bill started his coaching career in 1966. In 1979, he became the offensive coordinator under the future Hall of Fame coach, Hayden Fry, at the University of Iowa. Over the next 10 years, he and Fry turned a program that had not had a winning season since 1961 into a two-time Big Ten champion. In 1989, he became the 32nd head coach of Kansas State University. He would go on to coach them for 25 seasons. In this time, he would lead them to more than 200 wins, 18 bowl games, and two Big 12 championships. The development of the Kansas State program is considered the greatest turnaround in college football history and led Hall of Fame football coach Barry Switzer to once famously say about Bill, he's not the coach of the year, he's not the coach of the decade, he's the coach of the century. Bill was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2015. Bill Snyder is a coach with a deep understanding of the human spirit. He believes in the power of responsibility and how it can help drive people to focus on the gradual daily improvements needed to win in football and in life. He has over 50 years coaching experience 
and his passion for the craft is not diminished in any way. In fact, the truths that he talks about in this interview are so universal that I'm sure they will still be relevant 50 years from now. The parts of the discussion that I enjoyed the most were his view that when athletes believe you have a genuine interest in them, they will trust you and make the sacrifices required to give the team the best chance of success. How the goal you pursue is not as significant as the steps you take to get there, and you should put a lot of effort into identifying and planning to take those steps. And his focus on values, which he talks about in relation to his legacy and how he hopes to have helped people lead a happy and successful life. This was a wonderful conversation with a wise and selfless coach, and I hope you enjoy it as much as Jim and I did. The Great Coaches Podcast. Good evening, Coach Bill Snyder, and welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Greatly appreciated. We're very excited to talk all things American football with you. Could I ask just a really simple question to begin? Where are you in the world and what have you been doing today? Well, I've spent a couple hours this morning. And first of all, I'm in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm sitting in my office at home. Presently, it's, I think, 1.30 here. Uh, approximately, but I spent a couple hours this morning visiting with an author who is writing a book, a life story book. I have run some errands for a speaking engagement that I'm going to do later on in the month. I had to mail some autograph books and have written some notes, and here I am. Wow, that sounds like a, a pretty busy day. So <laughs> we're pretty excited to have just a little bit of your time today to talk about your amazing coaching journey and the many achievements that you've had along the way. But if I could, I'd like to start, Coach Schneider, by just going back a little bit because you've had some great experience with very good coaches or perhaps even great coaches, people like Dan Devine and Hayden Fry. And so I'd like to start by just asking you, what is it you think that the great coaches do differently? Well, I, first and foremost, I think most all coaches, successful or otherwise, are different. I think the highly successful coaches are all different from each other. The successful ones have a prominent understanding of the environment that they happen to be in. In other words, they understand their community, they understand their university, they understand the students, they understand players in their program, they understand the administration, they have a good feeling about that. I think they're honest individuals who have established a foundation of trust within their programs. I think they have done that through honesty, always being able to speak the truth, uh, whether it's wanting to be heard or not. I think they all instill discipline to a very high degree. I think the integrity is certainly a commonplace but just a strong value system, passion for youngsters and their growth, not just on the football field, but certainly in the classroom and in their own personal lives. I think when young people understand that you have that genuine interest and you prove that you have that genuine interest and they can trust that you have that genuine interest, then they're willing to make the sacrifices and provide the effort that gives you the best chance to succeed. Coach Schneider, when you were appointed the head coach of Kansas State, the team had not won a game in two years. They hadn't won a conference title in 44 years. And at the time, you were, you were 50 years old and it was your first time as a head coach. 
this was a risky move. There was a lot of risk in you taking this role, but it paid off. And so I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give other leaders when they are just starting out about risk? Well, I think the old adage, you can't achieve anything if you don't make the effort, if you don't try. I believe, because I'd made the mistake earlier in my coaching career when I was in the high school level, I think it's important to be who you are. I think when you try to emulate someone else, which I did early in my career, when you just attempt to do it like somebody else does it, so to speak, doesn't mean that you can't use things that you've learned from others. But by the same token, you know, it's just important that you express yourself as the individual that you truly are. I think that's probably as significant as anything. Be who you are and use the knowledge that you have and trust that it will work for you and have confidence in it. And it definitely did work for you. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that success later on. But there's actually a small question I'd like to ask you, because in preparing for today, it quite fascinated me a little bit that one of the first things you did at Kansas State was to create a new logo for the team, the Power Cat. And I wanted to ask you, why are symbols so important to you as a coach? Well, I don't know that symbols are important to me. Certainly that one was, but if you were to go back in Kansas State's history, the school logo, university logo was Willie the Wildcat. And so it was the logo for everything. And Willie the Wildcat is a very tame looking, it's a great logo. It truly is for university, but it really is very mild mannered. And it was important for the program to be able to make change and to make change that would promote a more aggressive attitude towards achieving the successes that the program needed. So the PowerCat logo, I knew really what I wanted. I went to our president and shared with him that I didn't want to interfere with the university logo because I loved it. I wanted this just to be the football logo. And he consented to that, and that's what it became. But then after several years with that as a football logo, the university adopted it as the university logo, which, uh, okay, I guess. Anyway, that's how it was created. No, it's grown into quite an iconic image. And it worked, I guess, because in that first year, the team won, won one game, but... Significantly, it was the first win in three years. What I wanted to ask you was, in that first year, the team wins one game. And I, I imagine you must have had some self-doubt. Maybe not. I don't know. But I wanted to ask you, when other coaches come to you and ask you for advice on managing self-doubt, what is it you tell them? At the end of our first year, I was more confident than ever that we would be a successful program. And it wasn't because we won just one ball game. It was at the beginning of the, of the year when I first arrived, I took our players out on the field and turned the scoreboard on. And I said, I'm not going to assess you based on what the scoreboard says. My assessment will be made based on your everyday effort to become better. 
And if you work diligently to improve every single day, you will have success here at Kansas State University. And at the end of the season, even though it was just the one game, I was confident that we had made a good deal of improvement consistently throughout the course of the season. I was confident that if we continued that, we would be a successful program. As far as the coaches that are going into that situation and or any kind of situation and create self-doubt for themselves. You know, my advice, I guess, if you will, or the comment I would make is don't entertain self-doubt. I mean, that that is just what it says. It's self, meaning you embraced the doubt and there's no need to. I mean, somebody had confidence in you to put you in the position that you're in that should be somewhat of a motivational factor that others believe believe in your capabilities. If self-doubt prevails, then your chances of being successful are highly limited, and you probably should seek uh, another opportunity or a different opportunity. Confidence, self-belief, discipline, they're themes that run through your coaching journey, or at least the way that it's reported upon. And there was a great quote I found, and I'd just like to read it to you before I ask the question, actually, which is, any football coach in the country wants his players to honestly, and honestly is a valuable word, believe that they will win and can win on any day. I thought this was such a wonderful idea because many coaches, and you see it in press, they talk about reasonable expectations for the season or their goals for the coming year. And they don't always have such strong belief. So if there were other coaches listening and they had a team that was struggling perhaps, and maybe the title is out of their reach, what advice would you give them on building this kind of strong self-belief within the team? Well, I think it's not about the, as I had indicated, it's not about the ultimate goal as much as it is the, what would you say, objectives. I think the approach too often, I think coaches enter and into a program and particularly ones that have had no success or limited success and identify that ultimate goal that they want to achieve. As I said, the goal is not as significant as the steps that it takes to get there. And the important thing is to scrutinize and identify the objectives or the steps that it takes to achieve the goals. We all know what the goals are in most programs is to win, to win it all, so to speak. That wasn't truly necessarily ours, but by the same token, the goals were high. And the important thing, though, was still the steps that it took. And when you identify the small objectives or steps, something that they can achieve or work towards achieving every single day that take them closer to whatever that established goal might be. And the value of that is that each step that you take is not as complex as the entirety of achieving the goal, but it does create success. And it allows an individual to feel as though there has been accomplishment. I achieved this small objective, whether it's just going to class, going to every class today, asking questions in the classroom, something that is an improvement and it's an objective that will help me reach my ultimate goal. 
And consequently, the achieving of those small objectives adds to the feeling that you are achieving success and that goal becomes more viable, becomes something that you believe that you definitely can achieve because you've proven that you're moving closer and closer and closer to it. I don't know if I explained that very well, but that's that was our approach. No, you did. And I'd, I'd like to actually ask you about steps, actually, because the context is that in your second season as a coach, things start to improve. The team finishes with a winning record, 7-4. And then two years later in 93, you win the Copper Bowl. And this starts this amazing streak of 11 consecutive bowl appearances that result in six wins. It really is such an amazing turnaround of the Kansas State program. And so much has been written about that. But what I'd like to do actually is with the comfort of time and the ability to look back, are you able to identify any steps or anything that really started that streak? Well, you, you didn't have the numbers accurate. We won one ball game in the first year. We won four in the second year. Then we won five and then we won seven and then we won nine. And then we won 11 for the next, I don't know, four or five years. Won 11 ball games in the next six out of seven years. But as you look at that, you see just gradual improvement. And that was the foundation, as I mentioned before, was the foundation of our program, that gradual daily improvement that allows you to take steps closer and closer and closer to what your main goal happens to be. Every step that we took on a year-to-year basis for a long time showed that we were making gradual improvement. It wasn't anything that just blossomed out of the sand like Las Vegas. Uh, it was just very gradual steps. And to me, when that foundation is built that way, that it becomes a firmer foundation and one that is stronger and one that doesn't erode quickly. And I think the, you know, the many years of continued success, just a little bit of improvement each year was beneficial to us as new young people came into the program and we addressed the philosophy, so to speak, of daily improvement. We could take each youngster back to the history of the program and show how that gradual improvement had taken place in the program year after year because of what the young people in our program had done in the way of improvement, individual improvement every single day. Coach Snyder, my apologies for getting my research wrong. That I was, I was hoping I wouldn't get that, but I will try better next time. I'll try to have marginal gains or marginal improvements when I, uh, when I get around <laughs> interviewing my next coach. I'd like to just talk about one of your old quarterbacks, actually, Joe Hubner. And he said, quote, Coach Snyder is a perfectionist. Every day he wants everything to be perfect. And perfection's as a double-edged sword. Some people think that it, it prevents you from taking risks or developing. And then there's another view that says driving and striving for perfection is such an important thing. Why is perfection so important to you? I do believe in the latter. But I also understand that, yes, perfection is uh, all likelihood is not going to be reached. But the old adage, the higher you reach, probably the higher you achieve. And by saying 
we're not reaching perfection. We are allowing an individual to accept less than his best. And what's perfect for one individual is not perfect for another. If I can ask for your best performance and John's best performance, John's may, his best performance may not equal yours. But by the same token, he's doing the best that he can. And so when I ask for perfection, I was asking for each individual, and I explained this to our players, each individual to be the very best that they can be in all facets of their life every single minute and every single day of their life. And in striving for that, you at least land in the highest spot that you possibly can. And like I said, it may not be that highest step of perfection, but it's much higher than it would have been if you weren't striving to be the very best that you could. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. No, it's a, it's a wonderful answer. And I think the definition of perfection and it used in that context is something that can inspire all of us, whether we're football players or whether we, we're just trying to improve at running a podcast or doing your maths homework. I think it's a, I think it's mm-hmm. a great example. Coach Snyder, you have such a big coaching tree. I'm not even going to attempt to read through all the people that have spent time with you and gone on to be head coaches or assistant coaches in other wonderful organizations. But what I'd like to ask you is when these people ring you for advice, what are the types of things or the most common questions they're asking of you and what do you tell them? It's different from one individual to the other. They all ask about different questions in regards to some about different off-the-field programs that we have had, and they would like to know about those programs, our community service programs, our in-school programs, our relationships with entities within the community, the university and faculty, and et cetera, things that we have always made very prominent in our program that coaches have heard about and will ask about. Some of it is questions about schematically, about offenses or defenses or special teams. Some of it is about developing individuals from a variety of different standpoints. The most common question is how to develop them as athletes. I mean, it borders on numerous different topics. You have a very active community life. It's a theme that that runs through both yours and your extended family. You've worked for many organizations. The Changing Lives campaign was one that I could see online. And 
there's many other education-focused groups. How has participation in these groups really helped you develop as a leader? Well, I think it has, so many of them have allowed me to understand what our needs are, whether it happens to be with the university, whether it happens to be with our community, whether it happens to be within our state and, and several organizations outside of, including, but outside also of the state of Kansas, and to understand what their needs are. Governor and I started uh, what is called Kansas Mentors and as a mentoring initiative to, throughout the state of Kansas to try to get mentoring programs and young people connected and allowed me to come into contact with more and more information about what is going on with our youth society in a given segment of time. We have Kansas Leadership Center, which she and I also helped initiate and to helped us define or help me, she already knew, but it helped me to define what the needs were of communities within the state of Kansas, small communities that were losing population, etc. What we could do in terms of leadership to assist statewide communities. The Kansas School of Leadership Studies they initiated a, uh, which I helped many, many years ago. They wrote a book about it, which were about leadership lessons from Bill Snyder, which became the textbook for leadership classes at Kansas State. And we only had two classes. And it became important to me to help others who also had the same interest to initiate a broader-based program in leadership at Kansas State, which we did, and the leadership program, leadership school here now houses more students than any other major field of study, which is significant, I think, in terms of the student acceptance of studying leadership. Anyway, it goes on and on and on, just a number of different things like that. Well, thank you for sharing that, Coach Schneider. I think, you know, leadership has become such an important topic, particularly in the last days with what we're seeing mm-hmm. in some parts of the world, particularly in America. And I think we're turning towards a broader cross-section of society looking for leadership. And I think a lot of the times that does come from sports coaches who have such a profound influence on the development of young people within their teams. So it resonates with me when you talk about starting leadership development, it must be something that you're very proud of. But I'd like to come back to 1998, if we could, because that was the year where you went undefeated and you become the number one ranked team. And then a few years later in 2003, you win the Big 12 and you break the 69-year-old gap between conference titles for Kansas State. You've talked in this call about learning and developing as a coach. What was different with your style in 2003 versus the type of leader you were in 1989? I wasn't, at least to my knowledge, I didn't change anything that I was doing. We were an improved uh, football program because we got better and better players each year. We've got players that bought in more significantly year in and year out. 
a variety of different things to help improve football programs were existent. But, but I doubt very seriously that I changed a great deal. I think I was pretty much the same individual. Well, consistency, I guess, is one of the themes that you also talked about in Great Coaches. So I'm not surprised that you answered the question that way. Mm-hmm. Coach Snyder, the schemes you implemented at Kansas State weren't overly complicated, but they seemed instead to be predicated on players knowing their role and fulfilling it. What are the critical elements of creating a culture where players are more focused on the team and their role and not primarily themselves? Well, you know, it gets harder and harder probably every year would be my guess. But I think there's a variety of different things. I think you address it on a very consistent basis, day in and day out. I think creating team activities outside of football becomes significant. A lot of coaches are doing that in this day and age where they can have a community effort and achieving goals outside of football becomes significant. I think being able to do things like help the community well-being, to go into schools and present programs to elementary schools and junior high and high schools as a team, to be able to compete against each other in a variety of different activities outside of football that allow you to become competitive like you would in practice with an offense against the defense and yet gain respect for what the other individual is doing. I think uh, creating a program in which there is a, for lack of a better word, a big brother when you enter the program, someone that can, that's older, that's been in the program, that can help you realize the value of togetherness and the value of all the, well, just all the intrinsic values that we try to address in our program and the necessity for it to be team-related and the consequence of team effort so that it's something that everyone is invested in. I think just the, the normal value system that you would teach your children are things that we spent a great deal of time on and uh, had our players spend time talking with each other about it. We had a unity sharing program that every day after practice or after meetings, whatever, they would pair off. If there were 130 players in our program, then there'd be 65 pairs of two and they'd have a topic and they would discuss it with each other. And some of them were difficult topics, uh, topics that were about their own personal lives and things that they wouldn't share with someone that they didn't really trust. And we would rotate that group. So every individual eventually got to visit with every other individual on the team. And that helped draw them closer together. As I said, we promoted a value system and we had a program for each of the values such as commitment and unselfishness and responsibility and consistency and leadership and no self-limitations, not giving up and enthusiasm and effort, self-discipline and toughness and that concept of daily improvement every day. All those things were more than just words to us you know, not just something that you can put up on a locker room wall and expect players to all of a sudden adapt that. 
those are things we, each of those values, we had a program in place in order to enhance those and teach those to young people in our program. It's a wonderful way of bringing those values to life. Thank you for, for sharing that story. And I'd actually like to ask you a little bit more about the Wildcat goals. But before we get there, I'd like to talk about family because that's a really important value for you as well. And your family's been an integral part of your coaching success. Your son was on your staff, which as a father myself, I can only imagine how satisfying that must have been for you. And of course, there's a stadium named after your family as well. How have you managed to find this balance between work, family, leadership, community in your life? And what advice can you give to all of us on trying to find that balance? I'm a big scheduler. You know, I have all the charts and uh, diaries, et cetera, et cetera, but I schedule my day. And it doesn't mean that I can always adhere to it, but I try diligently to do that. And within that scheduling, I set certain times to call each of my children or see each of my children, whatever the case may be, grandchildren as well, wife. And I've tried diligently to make those contacts. I have probably for the last 25 years or so, I've made an attempt virtually, there are exceptions, but virtually every single day of my life to contact each and every one of those family members. Most of the time, it's by telephone. Sometimes it's in person. Sometimes it's very seldom, but sometimes it has to be texting or emailing, but more often than not, it's by telephone call. And it's just a matter of making it part of what I do every day. And it's part of the schedule. That hasn't changed. They are significant, as you indicated. We have two boys. Both of them played here at Kansas State. Sean was an All-American punter and went into coaching and worked with me for many, many years. Did so much in our program. He was special teams coordinator, his associate head coach. He was director of operations. He held all those titles at one time. So he did more than I did, really, within the program. He's presently the special teams coordinator at the University of Southern California. I have a daughter. All five of our children went to Kansas State. We have one grandchild that's gone through, another one that is in school at Kansas State, and all the rest have indicated they want to go to Kansas State when they are of college age. That must be so satisfying for you. Congratulations. It must be it must be wonderful to see everybody coming and experiencing something that's been just such a big part of your life. Well, for instance, uh, our youngest daughter, Whitney, was an equestrian rider. She rode horses all of her life, and she was on the equestrian team at Kansas State University and was an all-American equestrian rider. So we had actually had two of our five children were all Americans at Kansas State. So, you know, it wasn't just the joy of having them here. It was a joy of seeing them have success. As I said, our other son, Ross, played for us on the football program. The other two children were both daughters, Shannon and Meredith, and both came from Texas to go to school at Kansas State and were highly successful getting their degrees and involved in uh, many other things. My middle daughter, Meredith, was 
involved in an automobile accident when she was in high school and left her paralyzed, which she has fought through diligently, and uh, she can move with the aid of a helping hand and walk with the aid of a cane or a helping hand now, but she became such a an amazing individual after her accident, and when she gained some recovery, she became owner and operator of three separate businesses, owns property of 80 or so acres that they work, and she has raised three young children. She's probably as uh, committed and strong and disciplined as anybody that I've ever coached or have in our family, but pretty, uh, pretty special. I think it's wonderful when our children can teach us something too, and it sounds like that's what's happened there. They all have, yes. You've been very generous with your time. And so I'd just like to ask you a couple more questions if I could. And I'd like to talk about the Wildcat goals because you came back to coach at Kansas State and you put together this this great list, 16 Wildcat goals for success. And as you said, they're really applicable to anyone anywhere. Yes. And when I was reading through the list, the one that resonated with me, given my situation as middle-aged father, 47. I've got two girls trying to juggle work, trying to be a good friend. And you talk about responsibility and the idea of people being responsible for their own performance. And I wanted to ask you why responsibility is so important for you and where the focus on it comes Well, from. I think we all, you and I both, have realized that uh, on so many occasions, We meet people who do not accept the responsibility for certain failures. And when all of us know that it does exist, and by not accepting the responsibility for things that you are responsible for is a detriment to our society because it not only harms you, but it is conceivably harms many others because of something that you failed to do that was really for lack of a better word, a responsibility of yours. So I, you talk about a perfect, most recent example is the fiasco at uh, the state or at the uh, U.S. Capitol. I can't speak to everybody there, but there were an awful lot of irresponsible people that were involved in that. And consequently, there was great harm to others, particularly five that were shot or four that lost their lives, whatever those numbers were things that we don't see, because most people are not, if they knew the consequences of irresponsibility, in many occasions, they would not do what they were doing, but they just don't. They're going to act and then defer the responsibility, and I think that happens way too much. Uh, It's an easy thing to do. should be a hard thing to live with. Coach Snyder, you've had such a wonderful and long career as a coach, You're still very active as a leader, a big sphere of influence. And so I wanted to finish by asking you about legacy. And I know it's a potentially a difficult topic. If we were to ask the many, many men and women who have worked with you over the years, what would they say is the legacy that you've left as a coach? Well, I can only go by what young people that have been in our program have shared with me. I probably have, well, first of all, I'm a hoarder. I save everything that I have. So in all my years of coaching, 
everything that came across my desk I have. And I have countless boxes full of letters and cards and emails, uh, et cetera, from young people that have been in our program. And even though they express it in a variety of different ways, the essence or the theme that runs through each and every one of them is that they uh, are enjoying successes, varying degrees, of course, in their lives. And they have done so because of the values that were taught to them in our football program at Kansas State University. And they express in many cases, the values that they learned and how important they have been and the meaning that they've had in in their lives. And that's the most significant thing that I think a leader or a coach can possibly do. And I'm comfortable that that's a legacy. Coach Snyder, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real honor and a real privilege to spend some time with you and listen to your thoughts still so relevant today after such a long and illustrious career. Thank you very much for your time. Well, you're quite welcome. And thank you all for having an interest in the right things, so to speak. And I, I appreciate that. Enjoyed visiting with you. Wish, you. wish you all well. Stay safe. The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Jim here. You've been listening to our discussion with college football coach Bill Snyder. Bill has had a tremendous coaching career. His views on assessing people, not on the scoreboard, but on their everyday effort to get better, really resonated strongly with me. I think it's especially relevant in this moment in history, when many of the normal statistics and numbers that we use to guide our lives have been turned upside down by the global COVID pandemic. I also enjoyed his thoughts on responsibility and how he connected it to the storming of the United States Capitol in January 2021. And we've popped a link to Bill's book, Leadership Lessons from Bill Snyder, in the show notes. Coming up next on the Great Coaches podcast, we'll be speaking to cricket coach Mark Coles. I think a lot of what a coach does is give them that belief that they can play at that level and give them a very clear understanding of the role that they're going to play in the team. And I think once players understand the role that they play in the team, that will then give them that confidence to be able to execute that role. So part of what what I've learned in my role is to really give that player a real clear understanding and clarity around what their role is. And just before we go, coaches are not usually the type of people who seek the spotlight. And so if you can put us in contact with a great coach that you know has a unique story to share, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us using the details in the show notes.